my buddy, how's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know what it is. This is Kevin from the Code Progression Podcast. Today with City Rocks or Rock and Metal Thrive. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Today is April 6th. And well, let me tell you something about this guest because this is fun. Well, this band doesn't necessarily play the kind of music that you have seen a lot of bands on the podcast play. This band has more of that like classic metal drive to um, but... It reminds me a lot of the stuff that I listened to with my dad when I was a kid. And when I listen, I'm like, oh man, this high energy, high octane kind of feel, liquid metal, just really sticks in with me. And then a couple songs on their brand new album, man, have a little more of this rock feel to them with the same kind of vibe. I'm like, I'm digging this. So please welcome to the podcast, a very fantastic guest. Please welcome M or Matt or Mateo. Call them either three. From the band Bewitcher. Are you guys ready to roll? Because I sure as hell am. So let's go! Yeah! Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Core Progression Podcast, we have some incredibly fun stuff for you today because I got this band, got their information sent to me. I'm like, okay, let's check them out, listen to them, and their musical styles remind me a lot of like the great stuff that I got to listen to in the car when I was a kid with my dad. Just like some heavy, high octane, high driven, high fit, high pat, like ah, uh-huh, shoot, high paced stuff. Stuff, man, I'm already messing up. Here we go again. Just started off this say. podcast. I was gonna say I mess up at some point during the podcast. At least I'm getting it out of the way early. So with their brand new, I'm cursed. Be thy kingdom coming out on April 16th, 2021. Please welcome from the band Bewitcher, M, Matt, or Mateo, Von Bewitcher. Want to get all of them in there. So, Mateo, welcome to Core Progression Podcast, man. Thanks for having me, man. I have many names, so you refer to me how you like. Well, if I, if I again, if I put out like one, two, or three, if I do all three like I did in the intro, we'll just see what happens. But I'll make <laughs> sure I say your name at least right at some point. Perfect. <laughs> so Matt, as we get started on the podcast today, there's always three questions I like to ask to get started so that everyone gets to know who you are a little bit more, really getting to know a little bit more about you. So three questions, first two, very easy, very simple. The last one, <laughs> that's where I have some fun with it. So want to know, A, what your name is, even though I already introduced you, B, what you do in the band, Bewitcher, and C, I want to know a little fun fact or a little fun story about yourself that will most likely make me laugh hysterically. I always love hearing those. I've heard some crazy ones about um, guys getting drunk at Dave and Buster's and spending all their money trying to beat a Jurassic Park video game back in 1998 on a Metallica tour. I've heard people um, going, relieve themselves in a cup in a van on tour, throwing out the window and the cup end up going back into the back window and hitting one of the members in the face. So (laughs) if you can make me laugh hysterically, I'm all for it. So take it away. Oh boy, here we go. Uh, well, my name is Matt or Mateo or M if you prefer. Uh, I play guitar and do the vocals in Bewitcher. Um, funny story about me. I just, dude, you got it. You got me on the spot. Um, <laughs> Always the plan. Let's say. Um, I used to do. Uh, I used to do a fair amount of drinking back in the day. Um, I think one time I was supposed to pick my girlfriend up from work. And I went to a party beforehand, and I told her I would be there uh, later on that night. I uh, I had a I think I shared a bottle of Southern Comfort or something that like that with, uh, with one of my buddies, and uh, ended up getting back home, telling her that I was too drunk to pick her up. And uh, I remember waking up in the parking lot of a Rite Aid um, with my 
eyes straight to the stars and my friends yelling at my yelling at me saying, get up, you're supposed to pick up your girlfriend. And I said, I can't do it. Well, I will say this, at least you were smart enough to know that you were not sober enough to get behind the wheel of a car because that could have turned disastrous at any point. So even after sharing a bottle of Summer Comfort with one of your friends, you knew right then and there, okay, get him behind the wheel. Bad idea. <laughs> well, luckily, I, yeah, exactly. I had, a, had the defense mechanism there. Very much so. And for me, being from Wisconsin, where basically drinking is the thing to do, I've seen that plenty of times where my friends are just like, no, 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 let's get like an Uber or something. It's like, but you drove here. Yeah, but I don't want to drive home. <laughs> That's exactly right, man. Better safe than sorry. Oh, absolutely. Because then all of a sudden, if you if you do risk it and all of a sudden, you never know what might happen. It, it's all for the negative. Barely anything positive happens after that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But <laughs> I was going to say, I agree with that. But enough with that. I mean, the main reason why you're here today is because the fact that Curse Be Thy Kingdom, your brand new record coming out on April 16th, I've listened to it, and like I said, listening to it, there are a lot of things that just took me back to times when I was in the car with my dad when I was a kid, listening to some of those like classic like 80s rock, 80s metal bands, and just kind of just feeling out like, like the first song I heard from you on this album, I just thought, my God, this is just taking me back. It was something that was incredible to listen to. Thanks, man. Yeah, we, uh, we always go for like an old school approach, and uh, you know, it's just, you know, Kind of comes natural to us i don't think we uh we know how to do it any other way it's just uh it, it's all about the you know those, those metal riffs that make you like you like you said when you're growing up you hear those riffs and they stick with you so that's kind of what we try to replicate so do our own way so i gotta ask what drew you to that kind of sound initially just like yeah like i said man like that's kind of what was going on when we were kids i mean we're a little you know we're a little older we grew up in the 90s that was kind of when we kind of came of age and so metal wasn't really hot back then so we were always looking to the stuff before that so it was always like the 70s and 80s stuff and uh so you know you start off with like acdc guns and roses you know then you get into metallica you get into heavier stuff you know from there um but it's always those initial like rock riffs you know the big fucking chords and the big you know just uh that, that big martial sound, you know, um, that, that just kind of drew you in right away. And then from there, like I said, you, you get into the heavier stuff and the more fast and aggressive stuff. And it kind of just takes on a life of its own, you know, it really does. And it's because for a lot of us, especially that grew up listening to rock and metal at some point when we were growing up, we were exposed to all of those bands that you were talking about, like your ACDCs, your Guns N' Roses, your Motley Crue's. Then all of a sudden, for me later on, it was like, okay, a little bit more Metallica. All of a sudden, find out about like Slayer, Anthrax, yep. find out about Pantera, and then get into more, some of the more modern metal stuff that's come out recently. I mean, heck, I'm wearing a Disturbed shirt, so you can easily tell. It's like I definitely kind of drifted into that easily. However, again, listening to the stuff that you put out, it was just somewhere... It was dynamic just listening to it every step of the way from just these, you know, more classic, just heavy metal riffs, these power drives that just made these sounds just incredible. But then even on some of those songs, you kind of pulled it back a little bit and you didn't have those, you know, as forward, as powerful as just that hard, heavy hitting driven style from like that 80s persona kind of had more of that like rock persona into it as well on a couple of those tracks. And honestly, for me, those tracks, you kind of pulled it back a little bit. Those are the tracks I found the most appealing to me personally. Glad to hear that. I mean, we so we're always like another old school sort of mentality thing that we have is like we, we're very album oriented. So we always like to have the record be something that you can listen to from front to back and have it be like a roller coaster ride, you know. 
and it, the flow of the album is very important the way the tracks kind of like stack up against each other back to back and so like you put those like I said, those pulled back moments in there a little bit gives you a little bit of a break, you know, and it, and it feels like a live show, you know, because you want to like come in, come out swinging, kick ass, and then, you know, you, you take it to, to that plateau and then you kind of bring it down a little bit and then you bring it back up and you just kind of keep raising that energy. And for us, that's sort of like the magical ritual that comes with what we're doing. Oh, I've, I've actually spoken to a number of bands about this with the whole entire ritual of just sitting down and listening to an album from front to back, because of course, in today's day and age, everyone's streaming music online, whether it's Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, whatever streaming service you might be using. And it's very convenient just to listen to singles or just to one song. But if you actually like listen to the physical album or buy the physical album or just buy it digitally, you're invested in it. So you're going to want to listen to it from front to back and really feel everything about it. Because some songs that are on your album, they might not necessarily hit as heavy as just like a single. But if you're listening to the whole entire album through and through and you get to like song number six or song number seven, it might hit more emotionally, more impactfully because you went through that roller coaster ride with you guys. And all of a sudden yep. you're connecting on so many different things because you're kind of primed up for it. And that's the point, right? Like, it, yeah, it sets it up. Like each song sets up the next one. That, that's kind of what, what it does. And then uh, you, you want it to stand on its own. And we hope that the songs all stand on their own. I think they do, but I think it's just as important anyways to have that album thing in mind so that they work together as a collective too, you know? Oh, I do as well. And again, the point I was trying to make with that where I kind of brought up that, you know, they might not stand out as well as a single as the album is just there. Again, I've seen a lot of bands, seen a lot of albums, heard a lot of albums over the past couple of years where there are certain times where I didn't recognize some of these songs and how great they were had I not listened to that album run through first. And all of a sudden I picked them out as certain like, okay, I'm listening to the song just on its own. And it just had this whole different feel to it, this whole different meaning to it. When if I would have just listened to it streaming wise, I'll say, I'm going to pick this song here, pick this song here. I might have lost it completely. Hell, that's how I found my favorite song all of last year, where it was, I did a run through of Polaris' The Death of Me, and I got to uh, song number seven, which was uh, Above My Head. No one ever knew about this song, pretty much. I listened to it, I just, in the car, I'm just thinking, whoa. I listened to it again, just like right afterwards. Like, I got to listen to this thing to see if it's just as powerful after going through that whole entire ride, and just, it hit on a whole different level. So, it's something where it can enhance the experience overall and make that sound even better. So that when you go back to it, it just hits as hard. It hits you emotionally as hard and you just enjoy it that much more. Yeah, man. And in the world where we are sort of inundated with the streaming thing, uh, where you are just kind of cherry picking songs most of the time or a lot of time, because I mean, I do that. Like if I'm working or something, I have, you know, I'll just I have like a 500 song playlist that just hit and just shuffles, whatever. And that's cool. But it does kind of you, you want to take it back to that that other thing too. I think, I think it's important to do both. Oh, absolutely. Plus it's, it's kind of like a, it's own experience in a way, just because again, if you're cherry picking a certain amount of songs, like I said, there are certain songs that aren't coming out as singles that you might completely miss or that just don't become like super duper popular. And I'll use a, I'll use a perfect example. Like I uh, use uh kill switch engages last album atonement where I went through it and there are a couple songs that weren't singles. I'm like, these songs are pretty good, but nobody's really talking about them. And the best song they had in that album wasn't a single. It just came out on the day of the release. And it was a song they did uh, alongside Howard Jones as well. And they brought him back. And I mean, that one blew up rightfully so. Because that song was fucking awesome. But it's just somewhere when you're listening to that whole entire album through and through, you just feel the emotion of the whole entire thing. You're going on that ride. It's like going to a live show, going through the ups and downs, the peaks and the valleys of the whole entire thing. And you're really taking it in. If you're just going to, you know, run through the whole entire album, honestly, when it comes to Curse by Thy Kingdom, what you should do is the day it comes out, 
go for a drive, just play it in the car and just blast it again from from one all the way to the bottom. From one, I think it's one to ten. If I'm wrong on that, I feel really bad because I'm pretty sure it's one to ten. And just, <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, and just really take it all in and enjoy it. That's a great way to go about it. Yeah, well, I think I think you summed it up pretty good. I think that's the that's kind of the point. Um, and again, I think they work on their own, but it's it's just all about how you want to experience it. That, that's for us. That's what it's about. That's a good way to put it too. Just because everyone's gonna experience it in a completely different way as well. For me, again, I'd like to do it from at first from top to bottom in the album, just because you guys put this together, you guys put it together in this way, especially if you have that more old school mentality where you want to take people on that journey. I want to go on that journey with you. And then all of a sudden I'll go back and start picking songs out one by one and then taking them in for, in that worth. So I'm trying to get the full on experience of that, especially when I run through a full album. It's kind of like going to a restaurant and like, you know, you, you want to sample things the way the chef was intending it to be instead of, you know, making it your own right away, because you want to taste it the way they, you know, set it up and then uh, and then, you know, maybe decide if you like it or not that way. But I think it's I think it's something that, you know, you, yeah, you do want to experience it the way the band kind of intended. That's a good way to go about it. I think that's a good analogy to put it, too, because I'm thinking about even going to restaurants now. It's like I, ever since I be, kind of became a more full functioning adult, it's like if I go to a restaurant, I'm going to take a look at what they have on the menu. I'm never going to modify and be like, okay, get me this. And the only time I'm going to modify is if they ask me, how do you want your steak cooked or how do you want your meat cooked? Right. That's pretty much it. Everything else you got to take the way they give you. I think that's just part of the, again, part of the experience. <laughs> it, it definitely is part of the experience. So when it comes to experience of Cursed by Thy Kingdom, what was the overall inspiration for this record when it came to making it? What really was the thing that got you going when it came to, okay, want to make this record. I want to put out the way that it is. What got you going on this one? You know, I mean, the, the, it's our third album now. So I think the the motivation is always to top yourself in some way or form, you know, and uh, I think, so this one, it, you always got to set some goals, some short-term goals for it. And uh, like, do you want longer songs? Do you want shorter songs? Do you want, you know, more of a, this kind of production or that kind of production? And just, you know, you, you run these questions through your mind um, while you're kind of plotting it out. And so for this one, I think it was like, we wanted a bit more of a warmer production, a little more of a rock and roll kind of, we're, we're bringing out our traditional metal and our rock influences on this one a lot more, as opposed to the uh, early black metal, speed metal stuff that we were doing on the uh, last couple. So, you know, I think what we're bringing is just, uh, the, the plan was just kind of just like, make the best kick-ass heavy metal album that we could, that sounded sort of like a classic heavy metal album. That was the, the baseline of everything. I'll say, and like I said from the beginning, when I first listened to this album, was first I heard the songs, it did have that classic heavy metal feel to it. Because again, I was just pulling out different ideas and different riffs that I heard, again, back when I was a kid, when I was listening to something my dad was listening to. And my dad grew up, my, my dad really liked music and was really into it, especially around my age. It was like late 70s, early 80s stuff. And then going in more of the late 80s, because I mean, the dude's a freaking Van Halen, like, you know, like love the band all hell. So that was the first thing I ever listened to. And all of a sudden, then all of a sudden, okay, now we're getting a ZZ Top. We're getting to some more hair metal, getting to some more like Miley Crew Poison. All of a sudden, getting uh, Guns N' Roses, go a little bit more towards the other rock side as well. A little bit more of the math rock with Rush, go to some like electric light orchestra. Then all of a sudden it's on my, t my time and it's like, okay, now I'm finding like Metallica. And now here I'm finding some more of the thrash metal bands. And I'm just picking out all these different influences in your music as well and picking out those certain vibes and those certain feels. So when it comes to putting your spin on that like classic heavy metal style, I think you absolutely nailed it on this. Appreciate that, man. Yeah. I mean, that's all we're here to do is like, we're taking something that's familiar and making it 
sort of new or at least fresh, I guess is, is the better word. Um, and trying to trying to do our own thing with it. Cause I mean, there's a lot of bands doing this kind of stuff and it's not like, you know, it's easy to, to be sort of just one of one of many doing the same thing. And we get accused of it on our older stuff. So the goal is obviously to, to try to get away from that and do something that's, that's more unique to us. Oh, absolutely. I just had a conversation about this on my previous episode with uh, somebody who's been around for a while and was talking about how it's like more in rock and metal when different artists, like they, they take influence from other artists as well. And they kind of maybe, as you put it, borrowed certain sounds from because that's what you heard. That's what you like. So you want to see how you can incorporate in your music. There's times where fans might be just like completely unforgiving on that because even he started a different band and people came up and said, oh, you sound like these guys. He's like, well, that I know that's my old band. So I can easily see where that comes into play. But when it really comes down to it, it's, you, you, you don't want to it's you might sound like a lot of other bands, but there's a certain thing of what makes you special, what makes you you and what makes your music stand out amongst the rest. And that's really kind of it feels like on this album, you've really worked to find that. Yeah, I just develop those those unique little things, you know, those little nuances, and uh, you know, you, and and it is it is sort of like relative to who's listening to it too, because there are people that want it to sound like everything else, you know, they they like a certain sound, and so they want you to sound like that, and then there are people that kind of grow with you. You have fans that sort of they're with you in the beginning, and then they kind of take the journey with you, and they they sort of appreciate whatever you're doing, even if it's not what they expected, and I think that's like. Oh, that's like even cooler because then you know that like you got some people that are really loyal to to what you're doing and we do have a lot of those those types of fans it's pretty kick-ass well oh, i yeah. can easily i can easily assume that you guys have those types of fans as well and that's just somewhere those people heavily connect with the music that you're making on this super positive emotional level and even when you kind of change up your sound a little bit work with something different work with a couple of different influences they're going to notice that but they're going to notice what makes you special to them in all the music and that's what they're really connected to yeah one would hope so um and and it's it's it is cool and and the big drag about you know not being able to play shows right now and all that kind of stuff is that's where you really get to make those connections and hear people talk about that kind of stuff like what it means to them and like what is this song about or you know i like this riff or whatever it might be but like you can feel like how they feel about it when you're kind of interacting with them one-on-one that's what i miss most about playing I mean, for, from my perspective, I miss the most about going to live shows for that exact same reason, because it's just this full on positive connection that the fans have with the band, that the band has with the fans and that the fan has with every other fan that's there because everyone's there because they want to see the music. Everyone's there because they want to experience. Everyone's there because there's some sort of positive energy that draws them to it. So when you go to a live show, everyone's there just to enjoy themselves. Everyone's there just to forget all the crap that's going on in the world within them and outside of them right now because all that matters is the positive energy that you got going on in this room on this stage for however long you're going to be on there energy is like the name of the game for us like it's all about like and not just like oh yeah we're fast and it's energetic and it's about raise like i said raising energy like going from this sort of neutral zone getting it built up a little bit bringing it down and then building it up a little bit more and then bringing it back down and then you know what i mean and it's just sort of this layered like energy just uh mass that happens and when you get to that critical climax moment at the end of the of the set and it just explodes man it's 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 a wild experience it is an absolutely wild experience and if you're able to absolutely understand that and then make that happen for your fans it's somewhere the fans are going to leave that show and then you know they're going to end up talking to people the next day 
if it's, you know, pre-pandemic or post-pandemic when live shows are able to return, they're working in an office, they're going to go to the office, they're going to go to work. And the first thing you're going to talk about is, holy crap, I went to see Bewitcher last night and that's what they're going to remember. That's what they're going to just think about is just how it made them feel, how this insane energy got them through that whole entire day. Hell, there might've been the mosh pit, been getting beat up, which was probably be where I'd be because that's always where I am. So, yeah. and it's just somewhere I've, I've like, I've gone to work after shows. It's like, Kevin, what the hell happened to you? I'm like, yep. I went to see a concert last night. Was it worth it? Oh, fuck. Yeah, it was worth it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Yeah, man, it's uh, it's cool because uh, yeah, you're talking to these like people who are like super working class. They're fucking busting their asses like six, seven days a week, and they might get one day off every two weeks to like go to a show or do something like that. And they're just they're still dirty from work, and they just got you know they're they're they just got to the venue in time to see you and shit. And they're just like, yeah, man, couldn't miss you. And that that kind of shit means a lot, you know. You don't get to uh, you don't get to touch people in a regular uh capacity like that. I think when you're when you're this the doing doing this kind of thing gives you the opportunity to do stuff like that, which is pretty cool. No, oh, absolutely. And I mean, that could mean the world to any fan as well. They could be going through something that's completely just, you know, not the best thing in the world, the worst situation possible. And the one thing that they have to look forward to is seeing you play live because it makes them forget about all that. It makes them feel good about themselves and remind them that, you know, sometimes life's even worth living. Hell, I've gone through that before. And the thing that got me started back on the right path was, I went to go see my favorite band because I just wanted to see, just wanted to, you know, live again for a little bit. And it was like for an hour and a half, everything was gone. And now it's like, I try and replicate that every time I go see a live show, no matter who it is. And especially listening to your album as well, listening to Curse Be Thy Kingdom, just that fast paced, that high energy, heavy driven style. I'm just sitting here thinking, holy crap, this would be a fun show to go to. <laughs> we try to, we try to make it interesting. Yeah. It's, it's, that's, that's the whole thing, man. That's, uh, it's pretty important. I think uh, we all feel that, you know, I think music has sort of saved all of our lives on some level when you, when you stick with it this long, you know? Oh, exactly. Cause you've stuck with it since, I mean, you said like you kind of had that like coming to age moment, like within, like when you grew up in the nineties as well. So if you've been really focusing on that ever since then. Pretty much. I mean, we, I've been playing in bands since I was fucking 15, man. So like, it's, it's been, you know, 25 years at this point. So it's like, it's pretty crazy to, look back and go, man, I had so many shitty bands that didn't last very long or didn't really do anything. And then you finally get something that kind of works and you feel it and you kind of develop it. And you're just kind of whittling away and making it. And you get to this point where, you know, we're kind of sitting at now and it's, it, it's, it's almost like it didn't happen. <laughs> you're just like looking back going, Oh, just you blink and it, and it, your life kind of went from this to this. And it's, it's pretty cool. It's, it's, it's interesting. It is interesting. Of course, the pandemic really kind of messed a lot of things up. However, one thing is, is the fact that within the music industry, it's not just, you know, um, specific to you guys. It's it's general to literally every single artist out there that's going through this, whether they're on top of their game or whether they're just starting out as well. Like everyone's in the same position where you really can't, you can't go out and tour. There's some places where you can. I have seen some bands do it, but it's on a much smaller, more limited capacity. But yep. hopefully, you know, taking a look at what's going on and keeping think look keeping in mind things that are announced like it looks like late summer early fall for 2021 is back is going to be back to when like things are really able to get going again sounds that way i mean we're keeping our fingers crossed obviously but uh yeah i think that's where the talk is starting to head and uh obviously like early next year will be I, i'm hoping to be full bore you know and uh let's let's just hope it happens 
I hope so too, because even though it'll make my bank account and my wallet pretty much cry because of how much money I'm spending on going to shows, I'm not going to care because I'm, if this year taught us anything, this past whole entire pandemic taught us anything, it's never take live music for granted because it, it is the one of the greatest things in the history of the world. It's the first time that anything like this has ever happened to it too, you know, so nobody knew that it could just go away like that, you know, <laughs> so now we know. So you got to got to be uh, grateful for it. Yeah. So it's like, it comes down to like, if you get a chance to see Bewitcher play live, if you're sitting at home and all of a sudden you see a notification come on your phone where all of a sudden, Hey, Bewitcher is going to be playing 15 minutes from where you live. And you see that and you're thinking, oh, maybe I'll go. Maybe I won't. I don't know. I might not be feeling it. Trust me. Even if you think you're not going to be feeling it, just go. You're going to hear one song and you're going to be fully immersed into it. Trust me. I've done it before with a bunch of other bands. I could easily do it with Bewitcher. Also, I'm like, if I'm sitting here thinking, man, I had a rough day at work. You know, I've been just rough week all overall. Man, I'm just completely burnt out, bent out of shape. Oh, I got tickets to see Bewitcher. Fuck yeah, let's go. And I'll be all energized. <laughs> I'm going to be energized from the time they go, you guys go on stage and I hear that first scream and be like, I'm in. And then, I mean, if I bust my face in the pit or something like that, which happens, you know, more than, you know, many times, I'll be totally happy with it. You'll see me bleed. I'll have a big smile on my face. It'll be all good. That's what we need, man. It's no fun to do it on our own. We need the uh, the back and forth with the, uh, with the people in the pit, man. That's what it's, that's what's, what, that's half the fun right there. No, oh, yeah, because all of a sudden we get going. We have all this energy. You guys are thinking, oh, shit, these guys got a lot of energy. You guys got to try and up your energy. We see that. We're like, okay, now we got to up ours. It's constantly this, like, one-upsmanship in energy, but it's just something that always continues to be great because no matter what, you're going to win. Yeah, everybody wins. <laughs> everybody wins except for the guy that ends up, you know, getting this giant cut above his eye and then has to tie a piece of flannel shirt around his head and look like a pirate. Again, and that guy beat me. <laughs> the poor bastards have to clean up the joint afterwards you know yeah i kind of felt bad for them on that one i did lose a good amount of blood that night oh well it was worth it Yeesh. <laughs> so if, so when touring does resume i ask you this please 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 come around my neck of the woods whether it's come to milwaukee or if you're like going a little bit west into mass and wisconsin if you're in chicago that's an hour and a half drive for me no problem at all We've uh, we've been through there a few times, man. We like uh, so we played Milwaukee at least twice. We played Chicago a few times, so yeah, we'll be we'll be through. Yes, because I because again after hearing this, I'm just again just that high energy drive that just clicked with me right away. It's just something I'm like thinking I need to see these guys live because I want to see the energy that they put up on stage, man. I want to see the energy you put up on stage, and again, I want to be in that pit and kind of have that like energy feeding frenzy going between the both of us. Hell yeah, man. That's uh. What's, uh, yeah, we were, we were supposed to do a fest in Milwaukee, uh, last year. Now I already forget the name of it. Was it um, Summerfest? What's that? Was it Summerfest? No, it was, uh, it was more of an underground metal festival. Uh, Randy Kastner was putting it on and I just, I, Blades of Steel Fest. I think that's what it was called. Oh, okay. Yeah. A little more, a little more on the uh, underground side of things, but it was, yeah, it was a sick lineup. <laughs> I wish we could have done it. Hopefully we can do it in the future. I mean, hopefully so. I mean, I mean, hell, who knows? Maybe even like if it comes around in the summer, because with the way it seems like here, especially in Wisconsin and Milwaukee, with the way the vaccine being rolled out, um, we're supposed to have it available for everybody over the age of 16 as of May 1st. Because right now it's just like they're kind of slowly opening up to more and more groups. So you never know. All of a sudden, May might, May might hit, you know, end of June might hit. And then all of a sudden, you know, we've got like 80, 85% of everybody hit with the vaccine. Next thing you know, okay, we're back to normal. Freedom reigns. Let's go. 
That's what I'm talking about. I mean, I was kind of hoping like Memorial Day, you'd see, you'd see like maybe like a majority, you know, where like you get 75% of people, you know, getting the shot and that we can just go out, go about our weekend and enjoy it like we normally would and uh, go from there. You know, that's, that's kind of what I would hope for, but I hope things, uh, they, they change on a dime these days. Everything is just a, a day to day fucking like it's, it's a, it's a brand new complication or a new thing that happens. And it's just, uh, it's interesting to see how it all unfolds. I mean, that's pretty much what this whole entire thing thought us taught or thought not taught us over the past years just to stay on our toes. Cause I mean, hell, I remember last year at this time, it was like, no one knew what the hell was going on. All of a sudden I'm basically stuck in my house. And the only time I can really go outside is if I'm going to go like for this ridiculously long run, just to get, get out of the house and not have like cabin fever at that point. I know it, man. And, uh, it's like, I, fortunately we live in an area like where it's like a little more, uh, wooded and stuff so you can kind of go for a little nature walk maybe not run into anybody but even then it's almost like you're you can't really go where you want to go you're just sort of in your neighborhood doing your thing so i'm glad that we're actually able to kind of go out and do a little bit more now they're starting a a gradual reopening yeah because you're out in you're in california or we're in oregon oh you're in oregon okay so again still west because i have a buddy that lives in oregon he's been talking about the whole entire thing and i'm just sitting here in wisconsin thinking yeah, it's definitely a lot more relaxed over here than it would be out there. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it, it it had gotten pretty crazy, and so definitely in California, I would not want to be there, uh, living there at this point. I was like, come back. I was like, crazy. I'll say, come out over here to Wisconsin, because right now, even like with it again, the vaccine being starting to roll out. I mean, I've I've gone to I've gone to random bars, but like around here, one of my friends like said, "Hey, you want to come to a bar and watch some wrestling promotion with us?" I'm like, "Okay, we'll see what happens there." There's 40 people and they're going absolutely crazy watching AEW. I'm just sitting here thinking, would not expect this to happen, but this is actually kind of fun in a way. So it kind of feels like everything, like stuff's actually getting back to normal, and people are just having fun, staying loose, staying safe though, but still kind of actually not like super duper uptight about the pandemic, like being more relaxed and being more kind of getting back to normal, easing their way into it. Yeah. Sort of the awkward phase. It's like growing your hair out and it's like just past your ears, you know, just kind of <laughs> yeah. like, that's where we are in the, in the, in the pandemic thing. We're almost there, but it's, it's a little awkward right now. We're almost there. We just got to get, we just got to get a couple more inches on that hair. A couple more inches. <laughs> so I want to jump back into Curse Be Thy Kingdom as well, because w- I think the biggest song that stood out for me personally was probably Valley of the Ravens. And the biggest reason behind that again is because it does have more of that classic more hard rock tone with your style behind it instead of more that classic heavy metal tone so on this track why'd you go with that more hard rock tone with your bewitcher style uh so on the last record called under the witching cross we had this song called in the sign of the goat and uh, we went on tour we went to europe and we went to uh you know did a tour of the u.s um and everybody was asking us about this song and it's like the mid-paced sort of like heavy rocking song on the album right and we were really surprised that like because i think before the record came out we had been playing it live and nobody even gave it a, you know the time of day and then once the record came out everybody loved it and like i think we wanted to i, I just wanted to have another one of those songs that kind of just had that drive you know sort of a more mid-paced thing but definitely more atmospheric this time and something that was a little more like uh just you know panache to it just a little more haunting kind of evilness to it and uh and also like sort of a dark bluesy kind of energy to it too. So that was where the inspiration came from. And then the song just kind of took on like 
like it always does, just a life of its own once we got it recorded. So, what's well, always going to happen too is once you get it, like once you start working on it, once you have your idea for it, the song's going to end up telling you basically what it needs to have to become this great thing that you want it to be. Because it's kind of like, okay, I want to put this random thing in here to push against it. Might not necessarily work, but you let it kind of flow naturally, build on it what it feels right. You're going to come up with something like you did here. And using that like darker bluesy tone as well, just like the heaviness of the guitar tone, especially in the intro when you get, and then when you bleed in the verse as well with that, just the heaviness, it just works so well with a little bit of a slower pace compared to what you did on the rest of the album. Yeah, we, we snuck in a few little uh, piano chords and stuff on the on the impact, the, the, the one down beats, you know, the dong, just one chord that kind of gives a little evil uh, minor key sound to it too, so. Just adding those little things in there that give it a little extra heaviness. Well, even like a tight with a title like Valley of the Ravens, because every time I see something like that, like, you know, you, th- you think about the, you think about a raven again, like a, it's a black bird. It's a menacing bird. And it always has this creepy, more horrific aura around it, all based upon Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven poem. And everyone pretty much knows that at this point, especially if you watch Simpsons Treehouse of Horror. I think that the first one they did, they told the story. <laughs> and it was like, that's how I found out about it. And I. And, and it was and it was told through the narration of James Earl Jones as well, which is even crazier. It's like and it just added so much more of this creepy mysticism behind it. So whenever it is used, whether in a band name or in a song title as well, it always evokes that kind of emotion. And again, using those like added piano chords just to add that heaviness and add that darker tone to it. Again, it makes so much sense. And you think of Valley as well. You're thinking this vast open area. And it could be just completely dark. Valley of the Ravens, I mean, it's, there's a lot of dark energy just in that title as well. So adding that in there makes total sense. Yeah, the Raven's a super intelligent animal. And, like, there's a lot of uh, mythological significance to it, you know, with, uh, you know, Odin in, in Norse mythology. And, and just it, it carries, yeah, like you said, there's like a, it's kind of an omen carrying uh, birds. So there's a lot of uh, that kind of thing going on with it. Yeah, it, it, it's just evocative of a lot of different things. So you can kind of play with it. Uh, however you like and I, I, I do like the way the whole thing turned out honestly I do too especially because I mean if I keep turning my head over here it's I always say this I got this huge note sheet that I that I always listen when I listen to the album always write down as much as possible because I listen to so much music I don't want to forget what I thought about it so I'm like okay let's write this down let's type this down and when I was listening to the instrumentals in the chorus you kind of what I liked is the fact that you maintain the same energy that you have throughout the whole entire song but the overall pace had this little more slowed down feel to it to have more of this concentrated hard rock feel than you had on any other tracks. And I absolutely love the change of pace on this one because compared to a lot of the other songs, this one just stood out so well at this point because, again, kept up the energy, but it just really delineates different aspects of the song overall and takes you on that full ride that you've been talking about through the whole entire album. You get that whole entire feel just within this song. Yeah, I think that that was the goal. And uh like I said, just adding some atmosphere to it too. Cause a lot of my stuff is, you know, a little more punk influence, a little more just raw and just more to the point. And we have this other side to us where we like to like, kind of just play with sounds and do, uh, you know, just kind of like uh haunting kind of things, you know, that, that add depth to the whole record. And so songs like that are important to have on there, I think. Oh, it absolutely did. And I, I do have to ask this question as well, because I'm looking at my notes here right now. And this one thing that stood out to me about this track, when there were some of those instrumental breaks on there, the guitar tone, it felt like there was a little bit of like a funk inspiration in there as well, just the way it sounded. And I got to ask, was that something that was intended? Or is that something that just kind of that I'm just picking up on randomly and that my ears are hearing that maybe you guys didn't even intend on putting in there? Talking about like the middle breakdown thing? With that, yeah. That- 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've just been getting into like blues guitar a lot, and I like those tones. And and it, when when applied properly, it can be very dark and very heavy sounding. So, I definitely threw in some little little funk chop things, you know. And uh, played. What did I play? What guitar was it? It was like a Telecaster, or a, I think it was a Telecaster on that one. So just gave it a little extra twang, you know, a little schwang. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely did, and. I, I have to say this, probably throughout the whole entire album with every single song, this had to be the part that stuck out to me the most as one of my favorites just because I thought it was absolutely awesome giving, you know, more of this pro heavier prominence to the overall sound uh, with the consistent drumming in the background. It just created this more slow-paced yet dynamic track that the band was really working on, in my opinion, to get this kind of sound on this song. And it just, there's a lot of stuff going on in here that just, again, you kind of go through that, the again, Valley of the Ravens, you're kind of going through this mystic mystical you know kind of creepy kind of thing but you're getting all these different things coming at you at once it was a really cool track to really d deep dive into and i it was definitely one of your longer ones as well i gotta take a look at the runtime real quick at, yeah the longest one on the track with uh on the track list with five minutes and 24 seconds so this one was a full ride to go on we don't do a lot of five minute songs but we, when we do we go all in baby that's that's the whole thing I was going to say, you absolutely have to go all in if you're going to do something like that, just because you can, you don't, I, I've, I've heard some five minute songs that just kind of sound like, in my opinion, at times, just like these long run on sentences that just keep going and going. It's like, okay, we can get any kind of change up here. It's kind of the same thing over and over and over again. Personally, a lot of times, like when I hear a tool song for my ears, that kind of what feels like at times, but on, yeah. on something like this with Valley of the Ravens, I'm like, nope, this is definitely somewhere I'm like, okay, here we go. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. And just kind of going through all these different feelings and emotions and just different sounds as well through each different aspect of the song. I'm glad you picked up on that stuff. That's cool. Yeah, I think when you're doing longer songs, it's just uh, it's important to have some dynamics to it and, and make it interesting. Because, I mean, if you're going to sit there for five minutes listening to a song, it better keep your interest. Oh, it absolutely, it absolutely has to. Even like when I uh, listen to like stuff in my workout playlist as well, it's like, yeah, I've got some songs that, you know, three, three minutes, maybe three minutes and 30 seconds. Then I've got one that's almost six minutes long, but I'm like, it's got to keep me going for that specific instance. And just the way that the pace of the song is consistently fast paced, consistent, heavy drumming. I'm like, you know, this definitely is going to keep my interest if I'm doing this. Thank you, Trivium, for that one, because that is just fucking awesome. But what, again, taken from what you guys are doing as well, it's again, if you're going to do a longer song, you got to keep the audience involved. You got to keep the fans interested throughout the whole entire thing. And you don't want to make it that consistent, just like flatline kind of style and with valley of the ravens you did not do anything of that it was you know kind of going up and down like peaks and valleys at the same time too with some different like those funk inspirations in the breakdowns like now i'm going side to side at this point i'm going like four dimensional here heck yeah man <laughs> and there's i think there's one other track that you kind of brought down a little bit of that speed as well with uh mystifier aka white knight city as well that was another one that kind of stood out to me the most. Oddly enough, out of the two, so the two songs that stood out to me the most were ones that had more of that, you know, expanded sound and more of that hard rock sound instead of that more of that classic heavy metal style as well. Yeah, for sure. And the, those two those two definitely stand out the most, I think, uh, as the most maybe unconventional songs, type of songs for us. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't have a big explanation as to why we did a song like that. I, I just wanted, I had that, I actually had the arrangement and the risk for that. Like it actually kind of predates Bewitcher. So I've had the basic uh, like skeleton of that song for quite a long time. And the time was never really right to use it in the context of Bewitcher. And then when it like for this record, I just felt like it was 
a good good time to do something different, but was still that that classic feel to it. And just added added a few things, tweaked uh, some of the melodies and stuff, and and I think it came out cool. It's it's I don't think it'll be a song that the type of song that we'll be doing more of. It'll probably stand on its own and just be its own thing. But it was something to to try, and it as far as I'm concerned, it was pretty successful. Well, if if again, I think it was something that uh, what was the classic saying? If you don't, if, if you got to try at some point, or God, I'm trying to think of. Oh yeah, classical. You miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky, right. Michael Scott. That's right. Had to put that in there. <laughs> Always have to throw something like that in there. But it does make a lot of sense too. And I gotta ask, how long have you been sitting on this thing? You said you're sitting on it for a while. You've been sitting on this for like you go came up with this even before Bewitcher, or just something you came up with like you know back in you know when you were first were work starting out in some of these bands back when you were 15. Is this just an idea that you had that you know you finally felt this is the time to bring it forward? Yeah, it was like riffs that I wrote probably like the year before Bewitcher actually officially formed. And then just kind of, I, like I said, there was sort of a loose arrangement and then, you know, it just got tweaked over time. And then like some of those melodic parts in the in the, uh, in the intro and the, the pre-chorus kind of uh, developed over time too. And then the solo section and all that stuff, it just kind of built and built and built. But yeah, it felt like the time to do something that would uh, turn some heads, maybe mess with some people a little bit, you know? I feel like you're going to get a lot of fans that are going to be going through this whole entire album and that really like that classic Bewitcher sound. They're going to listen to Mistfire, White Night City, and they're going to say, wait, what, what What? did we just listen to? And that's going to be something where they're going to go through the, if they go through the album fully through and they listen to it all the way through, I feel like they're going to go through song one through five and then at number five, they're going to get to that song that all of a sudden they're going to have to pause and go back to it and be like, wait, what, what was that again? And they're going to want to listen to it again. I think it's going to be definitely more intriguing than it is completely like, a, what is it? Wait, did I lose you? Oh, shoot. I think I lost him. This is... Uh, I got you back? Zay, I can, I can see you moving now. Okay, I think we're back. Okay, I think we're back. Good, because I'll put it this way. This kind of like, you know, it's the internet. It's the pandemic. Technical difficulties. They always end up happening at some point. It's, it's never a perfect thing. Plus my Wi-Fi probably sucks, so that has something to do with it. <laughs> oh, oh, you're, oh, you're not. It's this is nowhere near the worst that I've ever experienced. There's one where all of a sudden, like the Wi-Fi was so bad, we had to cut it off, and then we had to pick it up the next day because the guy had to go to a completely different place to get better Wi-Fi. There was another one I had where it was like every seven to eight minutes, the Wi-Fi would cut out on the other end for maybe about like a minute, minute and a half. So I just did random promos for the band every time it cut out. I was like, okay, we'll just do it this way. <laughs> Nice. Ah, technology. The greatest. You gotta love it. But where I was going with Mr. Fire, what I was gonna say is it's gonna be that point where if people are gonna your you know, your fans are gonna run through the album. It's gonna be a point where they're gonna stop and wanna listen to it again because it is completely different than what they're gonna be expecting. Not like totally different, like it's a complete like, you know, you're playing this you know, the classic Bewitcher sound with that heavy metal riff, that heavy fast pace. It's not something that's gonna completely throw them off in that realm, but it's something that they're not gonna expect. So they're gonna wanna go back to it because it's not going to be like, wait, what did they try and do? It's going to be a, I'm curious to see, wait, what was this again? And they're going to want to listen to it and they're going to potentially really get into it based on the fact that it's the perfect placement for it on the album. Not going to lie. It's the, I call it the fade to black position. You know, like you listen to Ride the Lightning and like you put the different song number four. Well, technically it's number five, but in my mind, without the intro, it's number four. So it's kind of like you get three, three songs that sort of establish it and then you hit them with the, the curveball. Then you get some more, you know, classic shit after that. 
Yeah, because it's like you hit him with the curveball bat, then all of a sudden you kind of get a little bit more back to classic stuff with what is song number six on the album, uh, the titular song, Cursed by That Kingdom. And all of a sudden, then you get into Valley of the Ravens, and it's like, okay, now you're going back down again. Then you finish out with kind of three songs that really have more of that classic feel to it as well. A little bit of a difference overall in the final three than on the first three, but again, it does create a different vibe as well, but it really does stick to back to that classic Bewitcher sound. Yeah, man. That's, uh, I, think it, I, think it, I think it balances out pretty cool. Um, it's Your mileage may vary, but you know, we, we did, we did uh, what we could to really create something that would uh, be engaging you know, when you listen to it. Oh, absolutely. I do have to say this, though. When it comes to uh, everyone listening to it, make sure that when it comes out, you listen to that intro as well. Because for me personally, it, th- it it was something weird where it threw me off. I'm like, wait, this doesn't sound like what I was expecting from the band. But then after going through it, it was just the complete difference of what I was expecting really let me just get into those first couple of songs really well. So it was something that, again, it threw me off a little bit. I was like, whoa, OK, here we go. Yeah, we like uh, it, you know, it kind of sets the table, right? Like it just kind of gives you a nice little it's like a palate cleanser and then the the, the mayhem starts after that. <laughs> and it, it kind of felt like that too because when I was listening to it like the way you intro it had like this acoustic guitar. It was felt like it was like we were prepping for like a western movie gunfight at this point. And there was a little bit of a soft electric guitar in the background as well, percussion folks and some of the cymbals along with some of like shakers as well in there. So I'm like you're really starting to build up this that epic moment of that ultimate shootout. And it kind of like the, the kind of weird thing was what right after I was or right before I was listening to the album, the movie I was watching really personified that sound. I was like, huh, this kind of gives me that Django Unchained feel right then and there. And all of a sudden you get to the you get to the second song, which is Death Returns. And all of a sudden I'm like, OK, here we go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's sort of a mix of like, yeah, I think a uh, little, little blues, a little spaghetti Western soundtrack and a little uh you know, sort of voodoo ritual kind of vibe too. You know, that was kind of the, the visual that we were trying to conjure with with that intro, um, with the tambourines and the shakers and stuff like that. You know, because it gives it a little extra something. Oh, it absolutely does. And when live shows you return, I've got a feeling before you guys go out on stage, you know, this can be the first thing that plays just to kind of prep up the crowd, kind of get them off their on their heels a little bit. Then all of a sudden, you guys go into whatever song you're going to go into right after that. If it's death returns, if it's going to be something else, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, mayhem's going to ensue. Booyah! That's yeah, that's the goal, man. I just want to make sure that when that mayhem does ensue, I need to be as close to the pit as possible because I need to be in that as quickly as possible when that mayhem hits. Because, man, I'm not taking any mosh pits for granted anymore. Well, maybe what if I'm like 40, 45 years old? I'm like, maybe want to stay out of one. Whew, yeah, it's uh. You, you can you can get yourself a, a little mashed up going down there. I think I'm a little too old for that shit these days. And you never know. Last big show I was at before the pandemic, there was a guy that was probably in his early 50s that was in the pit. And I was kind of looking like, huh, I've got a feeling I'm going to be like that guy at some point. <laughs> <laughs> there are those dudes, you know. And you know what? It's all about the right band, too. You got to be down there. Like, there's some bands you just have to be down front for. So, uh, don't 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 uh, shy away from it if you feel it. I'll say, unfortunately for me, the bands I have to be in the mosh pit and be in front for is pretty much every band I see. Hey, that's cool too. <laughs> it, it, again, like you're talking about, it's just the energy that you just derive off of it. Again, if if there are people out there that you know they want to wa- they like going to concerts, they like watching them, you know, a little bit further from the back, just really enjoy the overall live experience of the band on stage. 
I can't knock you for that because you're at the show. You want to enjoy everything with us. Or if you want to watch all the craziness in the pit and just feed off of that energy as well. Hell, we'll make it as much fun for you as possible. The band will make as much fun for you as possible. We're all going to have a great time. Yeah, we're going to get sweaty. We're going to get kicked in the head. We don't give a fuck. Oh, absolutely <laughs> not. I mean, that first, like I said, that first injury I'm going to get when a concert return is going to be like, it's going to hurt, but I know it's going to be like the best feeling injury I probably will ever get. <laughs> We're back, baby. We're yeah. back. So so hopefully when Latchers return, you guys can be the ones to first cause that crazy kind of injury where all of a sudden, you know, potentially nose breaking. And I'm just gonna be like, whoa, I'm good. Thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be an honor, man. We'll fucking we'll take a picture with you and your nosebleed. It'll be great. Oh, but the other, and the other thing, too, is, is you guys will take a picture of that. And then all the while I'll be, you know, at the bar too. like, OK, guys, uh, can, can we get a round of drinks over here? Yeah, just put it on the card. All right, guys. First round's on me. <laughs> Done. I'll say this. A I'll say I usually say this at the end of the podcast, but I always end up making that promise for the bands and artists I absolutely love having on the show. And, you know, before I'm, I'm not going to put it at the end, I'm just going to make the promise already because I just said it. Hell, when I see you guys for the first time. Nose broken or not, first round's on me. Fantastic, man. We'll, uh, we'll we'll do a little drinking in Wisconsin. That's that's always a good that's a good pastime when you get up to those parts. It's it's a very classic pastime. I mean, we've have ba- more bars per per capita than grocery stores here. I believe it. I mean, I I grew up in the Upper Midwest myself, so I, I know how it goes, especially during the winter time, man. Not much else going on. Oh yeah, where'd you grow up? Uh, North Dakota. Oh yeah, then you're definitely uh, aware of how how things work. What's that? You're definitely aware of how things work in the Midwest. Oh yeah, Tater Town Hot Dish and freaking Bush Bush Light. That's <laughs> what we that's what we do there. Except except when you're in Milwaukee, then it's got to be Miller Light because well, the brewery is literally probably about two miles away from my house. Right, exactly. Yeah, you got to support the local. Exactly. Except for the big music venue that I go to here in Milwaukee, they are supported by the by Budweiser. So there is no Miller products around, which is it just seems really, really weird. That is a little strange. huh? <clears throat> uh, we still get line of Kugels out here. So I always get a little taste of the. Taste oh, of the uh, Wisconsin. No way. Uh, they, you get line of Kugels all the way out in Oregon. Yeah, man. Not, not everywhere, but you can you can find it if you look. Holy shit! I didn't know they were they expanded that far. I know it was still kind of a like somewhat of a regional thing, but I guess they're pushing a lot more nationally than when I, because I actually interned at Miller Coors when I was a junior in college, so I didn't think it was out in Oregon at that point. That was 2016. So yeah, but five years later, it looks like they expanded the reach of it. Oh yeah, I've been here for I've seen the Honey Vice in bars like since maybe I don't know, going going on 10 years now at this point. So it's been a while. Well, then it looks like they did not give me some updated data. Now I'm a little angry at that, but oh, well, whatever. Shit happens. What are you going to do? God damn it. I want answers. <laughs> I, well, I, I, I mean, I have just had an internship there. I didn't get hired on there, so I can't go barge into the office and say I demand answers without serious questions being uh, brought up to me. Ah, yeah, well. Such is life. <laughs> Such is life. What you going to do? All right. A little bit more when it comes to Curse the Name. I got to ask this because you're the one that made the tracks. What track specifically on this album do you think the fans are going to like the most? I want to hear your opinion on this because when all of a sudden the album comes out, we get to hear it for a little bit. We'll see where the fans really gravitate. We'll see kind of if what you were thinking 
really stuck with the fans as well, or if the fans really gravitate towards a different track? Yeah, man, that's a super loaded question because everybody's different. Everybody says they're a different track is their favorite one. So it's tough to say who's going to love that one, which one people are going to love the most. But um, I personally, I think that like, if you're looking for the classic stuff, I think electric phantoms, I think the title track and probably metal burner will probably be the most, uh, most loved tracks. I don't ask me to pick one. I'll, I'll let's just say the title track. Let's just go with that one. Okay. Very fair. I, I, I was always curious to hear about that just because I think it's actually, I'm always curious about it, but I'm actually, this is the first time I've ever asked that question basically because I'm going to be curious just to see what people really gravitate towards on this album to see what you really thought about. Like, you know, all these tracks, you, you worked on them incredibly hard. You want to make sure the best is possible. So you're going to stand behind every single track. I just want to know, like when it comes to the fans, where your mindset might be, we're like, okay, where do you think they're going to gravitate? But however, everyone has a different connection to music. Everyone's mind connects in a completely different way. So whenever you're talking to a different person and you're talking about the exact same band or the exact same album, and you ask what the, your favorite track is on that album, again, you're going to get from one person to another, you're going to get two completely different answers, two completely different reasons behind it. But in the end, of course, the core reason why they like that song is always the same because it hits them emotionally in some sort of positive way. Yeah, when you're on tour, it's like half the fun is like kind of figuring out what fans are digging, you know, because you might go out there with, a, with an impression, like, we're going to do these songs, these are kind of the staples or whatever. And then you find out, like I said, like with certain songs like that, like Inside of the Goat, where people are just like, why aren't you guys playing that? We're like, we didn't know you guys wanted to hear it. You know, now we do. So you kind of discover that along the way, too. So it's, it, that's kind of a fun process to, to go through. Well, again, hopefully touring does resume sooner than we think it's going to resume so that you guys can get back on the road and you can experience that and just see what the fans really are thinking of and thinking about these tracks and really feeling them, you know, in more of that like one-on-one -on -one setting where you guys are in the same room with them and you're seeing how they're connecting with those tracks, how they're vibing with those tracks instead of just looking at, you know, binary numbers. Yeah, because that's real fun, right? If you're an accountant, maybe, but you know, music-wise, no, it's not that much fun. Yeah, the the discovery is is half the half the battle right there. I'm I'm into it. So yeah, let's get let's get the fuck on the road. Oh, it oh it definitely is getting that. Yeah, getting the hell on the road because everyone has to at this point. It's just it's been too long, man. It's been too long. <laughs> Tell me about it. It's, it's kind of like if, if I could, you know, it's like I'd be if you could just get like that feeling of like being at a live show again, I'd be like, come on, hit me right here. You got this. <laughs> just hook it to my veins. Come on. I need yeah. it. Liquid metal, the liquid metal of fury. Oh, God. If someone ever came up with that, they make a fortune. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. It's too rich for my blood. I'm just going <laughs> to keep on playing it. I'll just keep on experiencing yeah. the real thing. I'm not going to go for any of that simulated stuff. Screw that. <laughs> Synthetic metal bullshit. <laughs> I got a feeling there would definitely be someone that'd be like, hey, you know, we can, we can make it feel like you're actually at a concert without actually being at a concert. But but that's the problem. Then you're not actually there. And you're not doing it. That's, I guess that's, uh, that's kind of where we're at right now with the whole, uh, you know, you got your live streaming kind of concerts going on with the, you know, different bands doing their different takes on it. It's, it. It feels like it, but it's not the same, you know? 
it's definitely not the same. And I have seen a couple of those live stream shows. It's like, it's cool. It's a great idea. I've talked to some other people before and it's like there's potential those live stream shows are potentially going to continue on once the pandemic does, you know, kind of more cease to exist. We get back to normal. And I think the biggest reason why I saw that was because I talked to Sahad from the band Ra about this as he looked at it. And I kind of agreed with it. There's a lot of bands that if they do the live stream shows, you know, as you know, maybe once a year, maybe twice a year, even with touring as well they're able to reach a much larger audience in many different parts of the world than they previously would be able to. So a band that might be not super popular here, all of a sudden they do a live stream show. You never know. All of a sudden they might become one of the biggest, most popular acts in a place like Germany or Japan, or even in like uh, Malaysia, even it could, it could potentially happen like that. And it just, it kind of adds more to the exposure, but of course this year as well, or in the past for the pandemic, seeing how live stream shows have transformed from, which I think was the first one was the Dropkick Murphys one they did on St. Patrick's Day in 2020, which was pretty much just their straight set and their practice facility. That was it. To seeing what a couple of these other bands are doing with these more, you know, full on productions, multiple camera angles, just full on feel. I mean, there's definitely some growth that you're seeing in there. So it's going to be interesting to see how they continue out with that. But then also when live shows return, how insanely crazy these are going to be. Yeah, I was doing like uh, I was doing another interview and we were talking about this and like I was kind of comparing it to like the dawn of the music video back in the early 80s, you know, and MTV and how that was a completely new format, new medium and nobody really knew what to do with it. And then how it progressed over time. I think maybe we were like in the infancy stage of of this whole live streaming thing. Like it might like like you said, you might have that simple set. Just, just, just us on stage doing our thing. Or you might have that behemoth thing where it's like a lot more immersive and it's like this big you know, film production and all this kind of stuff. Um, so I think you might, yeah, you might be seeing like just the the opening stages of, of where we're at with that right now. And it'll probably get bigger over time. And like I said, it's a great opportunity to really get it all over the world too. So yeah, because there's because the, a lot of bands, like there's not a lot of time where all of a sudden bands can really go across, you know, go over to Europe or even like go over to like Japan or go over to Australia. It just gives them a much uh, easier way to connect with certain those, certain amount of those fans. And I totally do agree with you with like that music video reference where we're definitely in the infancy of it. We're starting to see some bands like Behemoth. I saw Ice Nine Kills do something similar where even though they was like a live show they did back in 2019 that they kind of streamed, they added like a mini horror movie alongside with it. And then the one I think I'm most interested to see how it turns out with the overall production behind it and see how it works is when Falling in Reverse is going to do theirs. They're doing two, one on the day your album release on February, uh, not, not February, April 16th, and one on April 30th. I'm curious to see how that one's going to work just because it feels like there's going to be this insane amount of production behind both shows. I'm like, I want to see how this is going to turn out and see if it's going to be, you know, maybe the next thing that comes along with it. If we're going to move to the next stage because of something like this, who knows? But we'll see what happens. We're certainly in the times where the next thing is coming. You know, that's just it's just a question of what it is. So, yeah. And, and we'll find out about it. But as we approach the release date for your album as well, what are some other things you're doing in order to make sure, you know, more people get to know about this album, more people get interested in it. And so when it drops, more people are, you know, having a pre-save on their Spotify or on their Apple Music or wherever they can pre-save it, pre-order it. And then when it comes out, just stream the hell out of it. Yeah, I think we're on all the uh, major outlets and all that kind of stuff. We're we're promoting on Spotify quite a bit at this point. We're you know we're getting added to some of the editors' playlists and that kind of stuff. So that's that's cool. Um, we're working on um, you know speaking of the live stream thing, we're kind of doing our own version of that. Uh, we did some recording and some filming recently, so we're gonna be putting something together. 
special for the right around the release date of the album. So there'll be like kind of a companion piece to it. It's like us just live doing some doing some cool stuff. So we're uh, we're we're playing around with it, but we don't know we don't know how to take this technology thing and apply it to us entirely. Where like it's going to be natural for us to do, you know, to see us doing some of this stuff because I don't see us doing like a TikTok or a Twitch, you know, kind of thing or something like that. So it's we're just, we're still figuring all that shit out. Yeah. Yeah, but the fact that you guys might not necessarily be perfect for TikTok or Twitch, which trust, I mean, I'm not on TikTok, but I totally think that you guys would not be the perfect like group for something like that or Twitch as well. But when it comes to, you know, like you said, the next thing is going to come. It's just a matter of what it is and when it's going to happen. You never know what might happen. You guys might try and do something completely different and you might stumble upon the next big thing just by trying. You never know. You never know. <laughs> I, I I like the idea of like when you're doing your own thing, that's that's when it happens. You know, when you're when you're just doing what everybody else is doing, you're not gonna you're not gonna stumble on anything. So just keep on trying to like I said, do what comes naturally to us and try to like whatever whatever is happening, we're trying to do it our own way and incorporate our style into it. Yeah, I was gonna even say like going back to like when I was in school as well, like I mean grade school even it was like if someone did something, it was like, okay, everyone kind of fell in line. It was always doing the same thing. Like when a fat, like when some sort of fad started, it's like, okay, everyone's getting into this. It was like when I was in, God, when I was in like kindergarten or first grade or something. And all of a sudden, the first thing happens is one kid gets a, the like one of the new Pokemon games that came out, like Pokemon Gold or Silver. Next thing you know, everybody has it. It's like, instead of just following along with it, we all remember the kid that first got it. And all of a sudden that first introduced us to it. Yeah, they always they always remember the first, right? You always remember the first. You never remember really like you know the tenth or the thirtieth. It's 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 nice to be those like in that line, but you know, it's always better to be that first one there and just always like because when people think about it, it's like who was the first one that did it? Who's the first one that really took charge in it? All of a sudden, whatever the next big thing is, who's the first one that really took charge of this? It could be Bewitcher. You never know. Hey, we'll see. <laughs> What we will absolutely see, especially when the album does release. Again, everyone, the release is on April 16th, 2021. And if you're watching the YouTube video, I mean, you've been seeing it the whole entire time in the in the video on the bottom. There's going to be a banner that says, uh, shoot, I'm gonna for, I want to make sure I get the name of the album right. Curse Be Thy Kingdom, because I want to make sure I get it right, because otherwise I would you know, feel really bad if I messed it up. It'll even say available April 16th, 2021 in the banner on the bottom so if you're watching on youtube you've been seeing it for the past like hour <laughs> we always have to have an album title that people can stumble over you know because it's, it's got a bunch of words that could be mistaken for other words if you're looking at it real quick you know so we gotta trip people up that's that's what we do yeah because all of a sudden i'm even taking a look at my like note sheet i'm like cursed by thy kingdom no, it's cursed be thy kingdom what am i or like cursed be the kingdom you never i can easily see where that happens even my computer yeah. messed it up, but I'm like, I I knew what the name was. I just want to make sure I got it right because there was one time I did mess it up and I did get roasted from the band for like five minutes. It was funny though, yeah. but I don't want to have to do that again. It's going to happen, man. Got to get it right. Got to get it right. Or if I don't get it right, just got to go with the flow and just, you know, basically take the roast battle for like the next like five minutes and then just move on to the next thing and laugh the whole entire way through because I know whoever's listening is going to just end up laughing at me anyway. Yeah, well, and obviously it's uh, it, it ain't no thing. Per, per, yeah, pretty much. It's just you know what? If I can make someone's day by me messing up something and having the band just completely roast me, 
then I guess I'm doing my job. As long as you say it right once so that everybody knows what it is, you know? Well, it's going to be written on the bottom. So, I mean, that's pretty much where it's going to be. <laughs> and, of and, course. And, and it's like, even if like you're listening on the audio stream as well, it'll be in the description. I'll have the name in the description. I'll have it correct there. So don't worry about that. It's just, if it's like, wait, did Kevin get it wrong? If I got it wrong, then you can laugh at like I completely messed up the intro on this one too. I mean, you're already laughing at me when I messed the intro, but of course I call out myself that hell I'll roast myself. If I have to. Yeah. You know, so you, you gotta, you gotta admit to what you do wrong. And I think uh, it, it really doesn't matter because like you said, you can, you're going to have it written down there. Just say, just, just say it wrong every time. You know what I mean? Just, <laughs> just do a different title every time. I mean, if you, I mean, I could all of a sudden just really met cursed beeth thyeth kingdometh. Thyeth kingdometh. <laughs> just put this at the end of everything. That would be, a, that'd kind of be a really interesting title of an album though, if you, someone ever pulled that out. Cause it's like, wait a minute. Is that the th album? Just going, <laughs> going full old, old English with it. Pretty much. I mean, and, or just calling it, you know, ye old album. If ye old. <laughs> You old rock and roll it. I got a feel. I got a feeling maybe someone has done that, but if no one has done that, then um, be curious to see who does that first, and then I can basically say like, oh, I thought of that. But then, of course, I'll probably <laughs> never get any credit for it. But whatever, it happens. God damn it! <laughs> well, all right, Matt. As we bring this podcast to a close, one thing I always like to do is give my guests a chance to say whatever they want whatever they want to plug, whatever they want to say at the end of the episode. So Matt, right now, the floor is yours. Hey, well, everybody just go out and get this album when it comes out April 16th. Please, we need the money. We're dying out here. 2020 killed us. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but we uh, we really want to uh, we want to spread this message a little bit. You know, we're out there spreading this diabolical mayhem, and we hope uh, we can get on the road and uh, see all you lovely, lovely, sexy people as soon as we uh, get out on the street. So we'll, uh, we'll see you real soon. And uh, Thanks for the support. All right. Now it's time for my conclusion of this. So everyone listening to the podcast, when it comes to Bewitcher, when it comes to Curse Be Thy Kingdom, when it comes to getting that album and listening to it on April 16th, here's a couple of things you can do. One, you can find them online. You can find them on their socials. You can watch them on YouTube. You can listen to music there. You can find them on their website. You can buy their merch. You can stream on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever the hell else I can find them. But I know what you're thinking wait, can we just have like a list of links where we can click to make it as super easy on us so we don't have to search up for it? Yeah, I got you covered. Look in the description of the podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Podcast, Google Play, iHeartRadio. It will say, find Bewitcher online. Everything will be there so that when Curse Be Thy Kingdom comes out on April 16th, you are absolutely ready to go when it comes to following the band, pre seeing the album, pre-ordering the album, which is what I'm going to do because, well, it's, I like this album. It's fucking awesome. Got that great drive going to it. So, and like, like Matt just said, Give them the money because they deserve it. And 2020 completely just, you know, made us not so happy. So come on. You want to make that face smile, right? Buy those t-shirts too. Yeah. Like you said, those oh. merch, that oh. merch though. Oh yeah. Buy that merch though too. And secondly, again, I hope the, I hope to the, hope to God that touring does return in 2021, hopefully earlier than later, hopefully like June or July, because I do want to, you know, make good on my promise of the fact that potentially getting hurt in the pit for a Bewitcher show and, you know, getting that first round on me with a completely broken nose. And then the picture all of a sudden, like sharing a beer with blood running down my face because my nose, like, you know, cocked in a way, just, you know, good times. 
and look back at this picture in like 20 years and be like, yeah, that was a good day. <laughs> That's what it's about, baby. Creating, creating memories. We're creating memories here. Exactly. So as I close this out, man, I cannot in all good conscience end this podcast goodbye because this is a fun conversation. Absolutely loved it. I would love to have you back in the podcast at some point. And I have to make good of my promise of seeing you play live, probably breaking my nose and getting that first round on me. So can't end this with goodbye. Got to end it with. See you later. Adios. Whoa, whoa, folks. That's my interview with Matt or Mateo or M from the band Bewitcher. Their brand new album, Curse Be Thy Kingdom, comes out on April 16th of this year, 2021. So when it does come out, make sure before it comes out that you pre-save it, pre-order it, you buy some merch from Yeah, buy that merch, baby. Again, when the album comes out, though, listen to it. Send them a message. Let them know what you think of it. And if you're going to try and find them online, find where you can stream their music, find where you can buy their merch. Again, look at the description of the podcast. I got everything. So go check them out. Go follow them. Go pre-save their stuff. Also, with the podcast, well, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. If it's on Flyfall Podcast, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or here on YouTube as well, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We've got our own thing that says follow us online or find us online. Again, you're going to have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all the stuff for the podcast as well. So follow us, like us, share us, wherever it might be. Have a blast. And that's it for me, guys. Thank you for watching and listening to the Core Progression Podcast. But they would see rocks and rock and roll thrive. My name is Kevin. And you guys know how I am every single one of these episodes. A big, healthy, and hearty. See ya! Yeah!